Welcome to McKnight's Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information from industry leaders. Hi, everyone. This is Newsmakers, and I'm McKnight's Senior Editor Kim Marcellus, live on the floor of the 2021 ACA and Cal Convention. Joining me today are Janine Kinsey and Alicia Sims of American Senior Communities, which includes 90-some skilled nursing and assisted living communities in Indiana. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. So we've heard a lot already at this convention about persevering through COVID, and I'm at ASC. We want to talk of I'm sorry, ASC. We want to talk about a program you've implemented that has helped build relationships between staff and residents, and possibly also helps combat isolation and burnout. So why don't you start by telling me a little bit about Care Companion Culture, what it is, and some examples of how you've seen it really succeed in your community. Well, Alicia and I have worked together for 20 years now, and when we were both, you know, youngsters in a building, we wanted to do something different, you know, with how we saw the residents and how we got to know them. And I remember talking about aspects of this program all the way back then, about finding out who people are and what their life stories are. So about 2018, we tried to put this into place at ASC, so we developed this program that we really like to refer to as a culture, um, where it really values who the residents are, you know, finding out what their life stories are. And then the other big part of this program is it takes our values, you know, every company's got a value and a mission, but this really makes sure that we find out how we live those values. So that's a big part of what the culture is too. So can you tell me a little bit about the structure? Sure. So each resident, when they uh, admit to us, is assigned a care companion who's a member of the interdisciplinary team. And that person really acts as a friend to the resident. And so we had a customer care program before, and it really was a lot of tasks. You know, I think everybody's got something similar where, you know, like I go into Alyssa's room and I make sure her trash can's empty and her bed is made. And that was pretty much it. So there was really nothing that connected you know, that person to the resident. So we got rid of a lot of the tasks and really focused on how to have a connection with the resident. So it starts with getting that life story. And then it really talks about what does it mean to have compassion, you know, which is one of our core values um, and to have a relationship with the person. So the structure of it is we made a journal Um, And we very deliberately chose that phrase. Like, we didn't want it to be a checklist. We didn't want it to be a, you know, worksheet. We wanted it to be a journal because that's where you build habits. You reflect, you know, about how you're doing. And so they've got these items that they do every day. And a big part of it is that relationship piece and go and talk about the person's life story and advocate for them. Like, make sure that, you know, your resident has what they need for the day and, you know, is feeling good. I think an important piece to add, um, you know, why we created the program, and Janine's exactly right, Um, I grew up as a CNA all through high school and college, and what I desperately wanted was some form of connection to that resident. In the industry right now, what we see is high levels of burnout, a lot of turnover, um, see uh, caregiver stress, and sometimes see resident abuse. So Janine and I really dreamed about this for three or four years. Like, how can we how can we make a program that's not just going to connect those department heads? Department heads are often lost in the puzzle. We've get um, CNAs and nurses that are out on the floor caring for the residents, and then you get a group of ten to sometimes upwards to twenty department heads that are sitting in conference rooms doing the behind the scenes work. 
where we thought the connection needed to be very strong was having a place where every single department head, if you work at American Senior Communities, has to really embrace that culture of, I'm going to come in and advocate for these residents. If I'm assigned five or six different people, I'm going to be assigned them, I'm going to care for them, I'm going to love them, I'm going to know where they grew up, what they did for a living, who they were married to, their kids' names. And then we thought if they emulated that every day at work, then that would leak down to the level of the CNA caregiver. So in every resident room, what was really important to us was making sure every CNA on the floor, every paramedic coming into that room, every housekeeper that came in to clean the room could look up on the wall and see the story of Sally Jones or Mary Brown. So you have um, a poster or some kind mm -hmm. of collage or whatever. Like life, life stories on there okay. posted. And when you talk about department heads, are you talking non-clinical as well? So um, yes. um, environmental services? Well, housekeeping like supervisor, maintenance director, culinary manager. And it was tough. I would say the first six months when we rolled it out, um, and we set at our training, we had a really significant training, had a three-day retreat behind our rollout of this. Um, our difficulty was going to be taking that back to the buildings and as leaders of those facilities saying, this is a, you know, zero tolerance program. I mean, you're going to go back and you're going to care and you're going to be accountable. And if you're unwilling to do that, then this isn't the place that you should be working. We, we changed all the job descriptions to include mm -hmm. that you act as a care companion. And so tell me about the success stories, both, I guess, from the resident and family perspective, but also how your staff have come around to embrace it. Oh my gosh. Well, we get stories all the time. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite ones was I went into a building on the 4th of July um, to help a building get caught up on their life stories. So I did life stories all day long. And I texted, it was great. Well, I texted Alicia and I said, I just had the best day ever, you know, just spending this quality time with residents. And I told her about one resident that really stood out to me. Um, and she was a pretty gruff lady that, you know, wasn't necessarily thrilled about talking to me. But by the time we were done getting her life story, she really made an impression on me. And I texted Alicia that information and she went there I think the next week. Oh it was months I think it was about six months later actually. It was a quite a bit of time had passed since Janine had been there and I was touring the facility like we do on our visits and just happened to stop by one room um, for a reason. There was a reason I walked into the room and I looked at the life story and just immediately everything Janine had said about that resident came spilling back into my mind. And so although she was gruff with me as well, my immediate reaction to the resident wasn't that. Like, oh my gosh, this is a difficult resident to get to know. It was Janine had already shared that entire story about all her successes. I think she had a double, double master's degree. She was a pastor at a church and so I could immediately begin that conversation with the resident like I'd already known her for a long time and that's our desire that everybody is able to do that so even from the home office level um, we've all kind of committed to when you go in a facility do something special for a resident do what do we call it our exceptional uh, connection exceptional connection where you're going out of your way to either embrace something about their life story eat lunch with them um, get them their favorite snack you know running to the store and getting them something they liked, um, talking about their kids. So it's been really, really impactful. And it, it didn't just stop at the facility level. We ended up doing that at the entire home office level. So if you walk into our home office, everybody has the um, frame of their life story okay. outside their office door. So they don't just know Janine for Janine, the Director of Social Enrichment and Wellness. Here's Janine, and this is everything about Janine that makes her very special. So if you have a gruff employee, you mm -hmm. have some compassion yes, for them as absolutely. well. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, tell me about your residents' families. When they see these life stories or their loved one tells them, 
oh, so-and-so brought me a candy bar today. Well, it changes everything. Um, we just had an experience in one of our communities where things were not going very well. You know, like everybody else, we're struggling with staffing and things like that. And this family was just so frustrated that they ended up reaching out to me um, at the home office. And I really went back to them and said, how strong is your care companion culture? And let's just start there. And that's all they changed, is they really gave that family and the resident that really strong care companion connection to the point that they were writing you know, to doctor's appointments with this resident to make sure everything was going okay. And it changed immediately. Like the emails that I got from the family were amazing. Like, I sleep better at night. We just wanted to hear things like, how was your day going? You know, get all this clinical information, which is great, but really all this family wanted was, hey, did you know your dad participated in three activities today and he got to eat ice cream, which was his favorite, and I brought him this music that he really likes, and it really changed the whole dynamic of that relationship. That's perfect. Yeah. So can you just tell me a little bit about how the program might have changed or, or ways that it's strengthened even maybe during COVID? Well, I mean, Janine and I say to each other a lot, thank goodness we rolled this out prior to COVID. So um, you always worry with a big massive program where you're trying to shift a culture, it's going to take time. And it definitely did take time. You know, we had a really big lift, I think the first three to six months after we did the training and then it kind of fell a little bit and then we brought it back, you know, and did better with it. I think through COVID, um, we didn't really lose our way with the residents and whether you were in closed red zones or you know in yellow isolation rooms um, the difference with this program truly is and i can't say it enough it's not just the social worker that's responsible for 100 residents and their psychosocial well-being it's not just the director of nursing that's clinically responsible so really it's taking that care companion whether it's the housekeeping supervisor or the culinary manager and saying these five residents are yours so if they have a change of condition if you notice something different if they're acting sad or depressed today if you're noticing any pain I mean you really come to that morning meeting and you make sure you share with the team that these are my five people it's like your family and so we, we really believe through COVID that helped us get through it um, sharing those stories helped us get through it um, everyone knew what their purpose was way prior to COVID and so as we've seen the exhaustion hit post COVID um, this is our strongest program for everybody to remember their why um, we're starting to do some retrainings on it and every time we retrain on it and tell the stories and We always play a particular video. I mean the audience just cries because most people got in this industry because they loved Long-term care they love the residents and you do lose your way and we lost our way a little bit through COVID But if we hadn't had that um, I can't imagine how hard it would have been So to people who are listening to this and think oh, that's a great idea But maybe my staff can't take this on right now. What would you tell them? Well, we talked in the beginning that it really is not additional time, it's just reinvestment in time and what you're doing. You know, if we think about our old program where I go in and check a trash can and make sure a bed's made, it really is not that much additional time to go in and ask Alicia how her kids are doing, you know, and how the birthday party went that she had last week. So it really is just shifting what's important and realizing that some of that time investment is going to be so much better than chasing after complaints and people that aren't happy and think about how much time you have to spend with all that, if you just shift that time to something like this, it can really pay off. in front of it, yeah. yeah. It's definitely shifting from reactive to proactive, so I think our biggest frustrations when we see some of our buildings get into um, trouble, whether it's culture or care complaints or grievances, our first question always is, you, you don't have a good functioning care program. 
um, if they do those things right and they have that division of duties where everybody's responsible, um, the complaints go down, the grievances go down, um, survey findings go down. So um, absolutely don't think it's difficult. I mean, I think that's where we always look at each other and our leaders that do this well look at each other and think, how could this be any more additional time? Um, it's really just asking the person that's coming in to do their work in, an, in a nursing facility to, when you first come in that building, don't go to your office. Go straight to your five resident rooms and check on them and make sure they're doing good and they're well cared for. So like Janine said, um, we don't have unexpe unexpected complaints or grievances or family members that are saying, you know, mom lost her glasses or her dentures or she's been in pain. And we always go back to that care rep and say, what happened? Um, every day that was you. You were accountable to take care of that person and make sure that you were communicating concerns. So saves a lot of time on the back end. And a I lot. love the idea when we're talking about burnout of putting it first mm -hmm. because that reframes your day then you're in there with your residents. And it's the most important thing. We say, um, and don't take this lightly, that sometimes you don't have to open up a chart to see how well you're taking care of a resident. Um, we're big advocates for um, you figure that out within the first two hours of being in a building. I very rarely have to open a clinical record to see are we taking good care of the people that reside in this facility. And if we feel that care companion culture being very strong when we walk in the facility door, we feel really good about the care of the building. And I think that was said in the opening statement from Mark Parkinson this weekend um, that you feel it. You feel that when you walk in a good building. And, and that's absolutely true for us. Ladies, that covers my questions. Thank you so much for sharing. Hopefully your program inspires some others. And uh, for McKnight's, this is Kim Marcellus. Thank you. Thanks for listening to McKnight's Newsmakers Podcast. We hope you'll join us again.